You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. My name's We Too Deep, and we're about to dive on in. First things first, as always, I want to start this off by saying join the discourse on the Discord. There will be a link in the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening to it at. If you're not already in the Discord, uh, go ahead and, and, and click that link and uh, and go ahead and join into it. If you are in the Discord and you do listen to this, join the discourse. Uh, join the conversation. It's always a fun time on the Discord. Again, that is the Casual Wrestling Community Discord page. You either click the link in the description or go to the Casual uh, Community YouTube page. Um, ran by Notorious Nerdy D, and he always puts the Discord. You can also go to my Twitter, which is We2Deep413. Again, that's We2Deep413. And the pinned tweet, I guess, is now X. Don't know what the what the the posts are called, but the pinned post is um a a, a post to. A QR code that will take you straight to the Discord. And so go ahead and go over there. Again, that's We2Deep413. Um, We2Deep413. Let's dive on in. We're going to review Great American Bash. And then we're going to end it with um, just two little things that I want to talk about. Um, but before we get there... Um, we're going to discuss, uh, the slapping meat brackets that we are doing. If you guys don't remember, I said that we would go from Saturday to Wednesday and then Wednesday to Saturday. So basically two, uh, matchups each, uh, each week now just to sort of speed it up, but also that way... You know, voting doesn't. It, voting normally takes place between one to two days, and so with that being said, this uh, this matchups were between Alexa Bliss and Cora Jade, and then Raquel Gonzalez and Liv Morgan. Uh, pulling up the 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 votes now, and they actually are quite surprising to me. The winners are Raquel Rodriguez, yeah, Raquel Rodriguez, and Cora Jade. That that's the biggest surprise to me is Cora. Um, now I, I do agree with both of these selections from the Discord group. 
um, as we have Cora and Raquel as the winners for this matchup. So we'll put that on the bracket here. The matchup from now till Saturday uh, really would be about Friday night when I record this will be Natalia versus AJ Lee and Lita versus Eva Marie. Again, that's Natalia versus AJ Lee and Lita versus Eva Marie. Two pretty, I think these are going to be lopsided votes. Uh, I think I already know where these winners are going to go. Um, but we, we, we shall see. Um, but with that, that's slap and meat bracket. We'll have these two matchups and then Saturday will be the last two matchups of the first round. And, uh, those are looking like they could be pretty interesting, but heading into the second round of voting, um, but with that again, congratulations to Raquel and Cora as they are moving on to the next round of this bracket challenge. With that being said, let's review Great American Bash. Alright, so let's start with the pre-show. Now, I typically don't watch the pre-show. I, I, uh, I, I, I typically don't find that it is you know, necessary to even have a pre-show. Um, especially, like, um, having matches on the pre-show. I don't understand why you would have matches that most people aren't going to watch. Uh, I understand having a pre-show if you're going to discuss the, the show. But having a match on it, I don't know. I just feel like it's a bit of a waste, in my opinion. But this pre-show match, I'm be completely honest. This deserved to be on the main card. After watching the whole show, this is my match of the night. Uh, and I know maybe that's a little bit of a, maybe an overreaction. Um, but if you don't know what it is, by the way, it's Metaphor, which is Noam Dar, Oraminsa, Jakara Jackson, and Lash Legend versus uh, Nathan Fraser, Dragon Lee, uh, Lulissa... Uh, Leon and uh, uh, Faraz for I don't know why I can't think of her first name right now. Uh, for some reason I want to say Veronica and I know for damn certain it's not Veronica. Uh, oh, what is her name? Val is it Valentina? Yeah, Valentina Veraz, Lulissa Leon are the tag team there. Anyway, match of the night to me. Um, that doesn't mean it was perfect, but I think there's some things that hid the 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 awkward parts of the matches. The pace hid the mistakes, right? It was such a fast-paced match. Jakara Jackson, there were points where she looked like she just didn't know what to do. But like same with Last Lash Legend. But the pace of the match to where something happened and it, you could you didn't have enough time to focus on mistakes happening, so that really benefited the the the, the areas of the match where mistakes did happen. 
Um, if y'all know how I do reviews, I don't go match by... Like, I go match by match, but I don't, you know, go move by move, right? The last note that I have written for this match is Nathan Fraser is a legitimate star. The dude is literally a representation of of the gif. I'm fast as fuck, boy. I'm fast as fuck, boy. Right? He, he literally, like... I don't even know how fast he was running, but dude was just moving on them ropes. Um, I'm not even, like, the biggest, like, Dragon Lee fan, but this really got me over. But what it really has sold me on is metaphor. Uh, Leon, oh, not Leon, excuse me, uh, Jakara Jackson already sold on her. She has a, a look of, right, so I, I was, we were having this argument in the Discord, not really an argument, but discussion of, you know, the idea that Jade Cargill may not come back to AEW, and what would we do, like, with Jade in WWE? And everyone started naming off, like, banger matches. Like, like they're bangers. But, like, uh, you know, Jade versus Bianca. Jade versus Charlotte. Jade versus Rhea. Those would be bona fide banger of matches. A hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with that. But I think... If you put Jade in NXT, because she's still a little green in the ring, and I think she'd need a little bit of development to the WWE system. She was trained in the AEW system for the purpose of being on AEW. If you brought her to WWE, you put her in the PC, you put her on NXT, and make her sort of a different type... Use her baddies gimmick, but put her with... Jakara Jackson and uh, Lash Legend, and with her as the leader, I think that would be a banger of a of a a gimmick. I think that would be bona fide one hundred percent superstar in the making. Uh, because Jakara Jackson and Lash Legend can both play the heel, like this, for lack of a better word, bitch. Uh, gimmick, uh, just like the bitchy heel that like, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it, right? But it, it's just, uh. but Nathan Fraser was the star of this match to me. He made the match to me. He's one of my favorite people on NXT, without a doubt, a bona fide superstar. Put that man on the main roster. He should be fighting for championships before his career is done. Dude is a bona fide star. All right, so the next match to start the show, the actual show, you get Gallus versus the D'Angelo family, Tony D and Stax Lorenzo. Um, placement of this match was kind of weird because this was never going to be like that banger, which is why I think Metaphor and versus like the, the eight-man mixed tag uh, started the show. For the crap, because the way they did do the the way they do pre-shows, at least it's okay timing-wise. They don't really give you much in between from the end of that match to the start of the actual show. There's maybe like five minutes, ten minutes in between. I don't know exactly for certain how much time went in between, uh, but you then you start the show with Gallus versus the family. It was a slow match. It was a little bit predictable where it was going to finish. I'll just say this. 
I'm just happy Gallus doesn't have the title somewhere. And and I tried to like Gallus. I really did. I tried to like them. I'm Irish. I tend to try to at least appreciate the Irish gimmicks. Um, but I just I couldn't get behind it. It just felt there was something I don't I, I don't even know what it was where I just couldn't get behind. It just felt boring. And and I they're good wrestlers. I just don't know if they have that the the, the mainstream appeal um of you know to garner recognition. Like and they went like two hundred and something days as champion. And I, I it just felt like it was a a very boring run with the titles, and I'm so glad it's over. I, maybe it's because I'm such a big fan of Tony D and Stacks that you no, know, I was hoping that this is where it would go anyway. Um, but yeah, I love uh, the family, the D'Angelo family, and I can't wait to see what their run looks like as as champion and and where it goes from here we then move on to the weapons wild match between roxanne perez and blair davenport now this is the only match on the card where i disagree with the result and i disagree with the result because I don't understand, maybe it's just my lack of understanding of the result, but I don't understand why you would have Blair lose here. Um, I, I, I understand, you know, it's in Texas, where Roxanne's from, her family's there, I get that. I just felt that Blair Davenport needed to win to become the next big threat to the women's championship. Because I don't know who you put there. Unless you're going to continue this whole story with Thea and Tiffy. I don't necessarily know where you go with this storyline. Or or with who's the next competitor in, 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 in line to face the winner of the championship. The women's championship match. I just also, like, you, you build up Blair Davenport as this... Mystery attacker who took out Wendy Chu, who took out Nikita Lyons, who took out Sol Ruka, who took out Danny Palmer. And she loses to to Roxanne Perez. I just, I don't understand the result. I felt Davenport should have won. However, let's talk about the match. I do have one note on the match. It was solid. It wasn't anything special. And I know a lot of people are going to complain about uh, Roxanne's family. It looked too forced. Or I thought it was very good acting from her sister. I, I, I actually think it's, it wasn't even acting for her sister. Her mom, definitely. But her sister, I don't know if it was acting or what. But she, it added to the match. They accomplished what they wanted to accomplish with having them front row there. Which was, you felt bad for Roxanne. It made it personal, right? Seeing, like, her sister looked legitimately stressed out from that match. And it, it just added to the, 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 
you feeling bad for Roxanne, which is why she should have lost, right? She should have lost. She should have been brutally beaten in front of her family. To me, that's how I would have booked it. I don't like this idea that WWE is required or should have you win in your hometown. I just don't like that idea. Um, we move to Gable, Steveson, and Baron Corbin. Uh, this is the most noted match here. I have a lot of notes on this. The first is, what the holy hell is Baron Corbin's new gimmick? Because his burn the ship showed up, and the ship's caught on fire, and he comes out looking like a pirate. Like, what is what is the gimmick, right? What is... Uh, and, and maybe they, they it gets described to us, but, like, what is the gimmick? The second thing I have to have to say about this is why does it seem like every collegiate amateur athlete that comes out of wrestling that goes to WWE, why do they always have to wear the same, you know, wear the singlet, wear the, I mean, sort of get that Kurt Angle treatment. There is no other Kurt Angle. I'm sorry. There's just not, there is no way in the world to expect Gable Stevenson to be Kurt Angle. Um, so... I just, I don't like them having him come in and automatically trying to get the same reaction Kurt Angle got. Because he's not Kurt Angle. Um, Stevenson is obviously still green. And I believe that you they need to start putting him in matches against people. He that There's like three moves he can do. He can do the belly-to-belly, the German suplex, and, and, and really those two moves are about it. And so he should be in matches where he's just suplexing the hell out of somebody and pinning them. And that's it. And ultimately, based on the crowd reaction to to him, like they booed the hell out of him. He needs to turn heel as soon as possible. I think they should have him tie, uh, team up. With Damon Kemp, his real-life brother, have them team up. There's going there be chemistry there. Have them work the tag division. They both get booed anyway. Have him work on his in-ring ability. He's green as hell. And I just I don't know exactly if I buy into Gable Stevenson. I'm not just going to buy into him because he's uh, a big name in, in American Olympic wrestling. Right? I, I, I'm just not going to buy into it. But I, but I'm not going to completely say I'm out on it either. Like if this was Shark Tank, I would be like, you know what? Maybe come back in like two years and then I'll be completely in. But I'm not out. I'm still there's still like I'm still interested in and in Gable. I just think he needs a little bit more work. He he, I don't think this should have been his debut match. Um, however, I'm not going to complain about this finish. I understand the finish. Right, everyone's like, well, if if you're if you're not gonna book a finish, don't put them together. No, no, no. I, I understand the finish. I'm not gonna sit here and complain about it because it makes sense, right? You have Gable Steves, and he can't lose his first match. He just can't lose. But you also can't rebrand Corbin and have him lose on his first match as this rebrand. And so the finish makes sense. It can push storyline. I just think you have to tweak the idea of pushing Gable Stevenson as a face. Because he's definitely he definitely needs to be a heel with the crowd reaction. Um, and so, 
I'm not upset at the way the match finished, and I actually thought the match was decent. I just think, you know, we need to tweak who Gable Stevenson is. We get it. He's an Olympic wrestler. He's one of the best ever in at the collegiate level in amateur wrestling. But that's all we know about him. You haven't done enough to make us care about Because I'll be honest with you, none of that means jack shit to me. I don't watch wrestling because it's... Like, I don't watch WWE because I want to see Olympic wrestlers. I watch them during the Olympics. This is a whole different game. And so, I think we need to figure out who he is outside of I'm an Olympic wrestler. Because um, I, I don't think that gimmick works long term. Like I said, pairing him with his brother, Damon Kemp... Uh, as a tag team where they could work together and and essentially maybe get that same type of push the Creed brothers had, I, I like that idea. Um, I do. Um, we then move to the triple threat match for the North American Championship. Dominant Mysterio, Wesley, Mustafa Ali, or Mustafa Ali. Uh, I'll say this, the match was okay. I wasn't uh, impressed by it. Um, but I will also say this, Dominic Mysterio, at this point, um, 7 p.m. Tuesday, August 1st, when I'm recording this podcast, remember that date and time, at this date in time, Dominic Mysterio is the biggest and the best heel in the wrestling industry. Name one heel better than Dominic Mysterio right now. Name one heel that gets a better and bigger response to just being in the arena than Dominic Mysterio. I don't care what you got to say about it. Dominic Mysterio, now is it long term? Is it something that can happen outside of the Judgment Day? I don't think he is. But at this point, with the gimmick he has, with the way booking has, has saved him and used him and utilized Dominic Mysterio, he is the biggest and best heel in the entire industry. Name, name, a, name a single heel in the industry right now better than Dominic Mysterio. Name someone better than Dominic Mysterio. I like that Dom won. Uh, I think that this needs to continue to be the way they book the North American Championship. To book Judgment Day being on NXT. At least with Rhea Ripley being down there in some capacity. I think it gets eyes on the product. Now I haven't checked the ratings in a couple weeks. But I'm certain that they've gone up. Uh, we'll, we'll check them here right now. Um... I'll continue to speak while while I check them real quick. Um, but yeah, Dominic and Rhea Ripley. Um, they bring eyes to the product, and 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 I think it needs to be something that continues. I'm not against it whatsoever. Um. What was last Tuesday? 
Um, but yeah, yeah. So let me see if I can find these ratings real quick. Alrighty. They were 703,000 live viewers. It was down from the week before. But the fact that they got to 746,000 viewers. Guys, they're 1,000 behind Dynamite. Or excuse me, 100,000 behind Dynamite. They, I mean, this was a program who at the beginning of the year was sitting close to 500, 600,000 viewers, and you've gone up 100,000 in a month? I mean, you can't hide from the numbers. The, the, the ratings go up. The response goes up. People want to watch NXT... To see Dominic Mysterio. And and, 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 and and then once they get there for Dominic. They then stay because there's things like Carmelo. And Dragunov. And, and Lyra Valkyria. And Tiffany. And Cora. And, and there's a roster there. The rumor has come out. Not really a rumor. But I've been saying this for the longest. This There isn't going to be any more call-ups. I refuse to believe that, they're gonna, that there's a... Response that there's, they're going to get rid of the draft, that the brand split's basically over, that there's going to be more Raw and SmackDown superstars on NXT, NXT stars will probably be on Raw and SmackDown, and the, the, the rosters will interchange. I've been saying this was going to happen for a while. The idea that Triple H and Shawn Michaels want to view the, uh, NXT as a third brand and not developmental, as, but, but a legitimate brand. I've been saying this for the longest time, that this is how Triple H is going to start booking NXT. And it's working. You put the... Right, and I've uh, this has always been my perspective. You put your biggest names on all your shows. And Judgment Day needs to be on Raw, on SmackDown, and on NXT. Because I believe that that's the biggest thing in the industry right now. The Bloodline's still selling. But you, you, Roman's not going to work three days a week. So what's the next best thing? The Judgment Day. Which I think gets better responses. I do. I think it gets better responses than the bloodline right now. I think it's the best thing going in WWE as a whole. We move down to the women's championship match between Tiffany Stratton and Thea Hale. Uh, there were sort of two things that I, I saw people complaining about. The first was the finish, like why why end with the throw in the towel thing? I actually don't mind it. The finish continues to push story. There's going to be a storyline here. So the first thing is is Tiffany can come out and say, I I beat you. And then Thea can come out and say, Well, I actually didn't tap. Technically you still haven't made me tap out, but I've made you tap. And that could push for another match. But I think the bigger story here is Duke Hudson versus Andre Chase. If you saw the look on Duke Hudson when Chase threw in the towel, like I think that ultimately is going to be the bigger story that comes out of this. 
is Duke Hudson turning on Andre Chase. And and, and I like where this is headed um, it, it, at this time. Um, and and, and I'm, I'm highly... Like, I love Chase U. I've loved it since its inception. Um, so I can't wait to see where this goes and what it leads to. This is why I always say your mid-card needs to have some entertaining stories because they're not fighting for nothing really important. There's no title they're fighting for, but the story's pretty freaking entertaining. Um, and then a lot of people complained about Tiffany Stratton not doing the submissions correctly. Now, from what I've been told and what I've seen is she possibly could have had leg cramps and couldn't stand up. Like, I don't know if you've ever had, like, a leg cramp, but you can't stand on it. It hurts like a motherfucker. However, I don't know. Like, I thought it was intentional because the way I looked at it is I thought it added to the match. I thought it was a good touch because I don't know if anyone's looked at it from this perspective, but this is how I look at it. The idea is that Tiffany Stratton didn't, like to me, she didn't want a submissions match because she's not a submission wrestler. I've never seen her put in one submission that I can remember. And I don't think she's ever won via submission. And so the idea being that Thea Hale learns the Kimura lock, right? She gets taught the Kimura. Now she thinks she's a submission fighter. She challenges Tiffany Stratton, who's who's a Barbie. She's glitz and glam, and don't don't touch me. It's it's not dirt. Like she doesn't do the dirty work, right? And so it would make sense that she wouldn't know how to do a submission because th- that's dirty work. That's like that's extreme. I don't want to say extreme, but it's. It's a dirty, you know, rough and tough type of wrestling, and that's not Tiffany's style. So to me, I thought it was intentional, and I think it makes 110% sense that Tiffany wouldn't do a Boston Crab correctly because, you know, it fits her character. That's right. Submission wrestling is a, you know, a hard form of, of fighting. And Tiffany's gimmick is like she's a Barbie. She doesn't do the hard work. She hires people to do the hard work for her. So it wouldn't make sense for that, right? And so I, I don't hate anything that has to do with this. Again, I don't think any of these matches are like five-star masterpieces. But we'll get to my overall feeling here in a minute. Once we talk about this main event, only one note. I thought it started really, really slow. Um, But once that thing picked up, it became fire. Once it picked up, it was very good. But once it picked up, it only lasted for like five minutes at the high-intensity pace. Um, and so Carmelo won like I suspected. My my suspicion is Dragunov and uh, Trick Williams will probably be in a match in the next week or so. And we'll see where this leads. But overall, for Great American Bash, I felt most of the matches continued to push some sort of storyline. And overall, I enjoyed the show. It wasn't the best thing ever. None of these matches went on to match of the night, or excuse me, match of the year list. Um, There were some that could have had the potential. Carmelo versus Dragunov had that potential. Like I said, it it started out too slow for me. 
Um, but other than that, like, it was just a decent show. Like, it was very fun to watch, and, and I hope that Nerdy D talks about, because he was live at the show, I hope that he talks about it on his show, because I want to know, like, from a in-the-arena perspective, like, what he thought about it, especially as someone who, who doesn't watch NXT so much. I want to know what his, you know, what his perspective on the show would have been versus, you know, you know, like, what was his feeling in the arena? These are things that I would like to hear him talk about. Um, but I think overall it was a very fun show, very decent. I'd say B minus B, B definitely not B plus, but like a B B minus is what I would give it. Um, if I, if I was being fair, um, yes, yeah, that, that, that's the review. That's how we review shows here. Um, then we're going to move into these last two segments. Now this is probably going to be the funnest part of the, of the, of this podcast. I got a question about collision. Now I don't watch AEW collision, but I, I have a question, a genuine question. If anyone who watches collision, if anyone's an AEW fan and they're in the discord, someone let me know. How does this make any sense at all? CM Punk comes out. He pulls out of the bag that he's been carrying around the, the what he calls the real AEW championship. That he's the real champion. He never lost it. He's the real champion. Right? How does it make sense for him to come out and say that? While your AEW champion, MJF, is in the building and nothing happens. I get MJF was in a match that night. He was fighting for the tag titles. But CM Punk, this is how I would have booked it. CM Punk says, I'm the real champion. MJF comes out there and says, no, you're not. I'm the champion. You wish you were me, but I'm better than you. And you set up a damn match at Wembley. Now, I think we all think that's where this is headed. Either Wembley or, what, what, are they in Chicago at All Out? Like two weeks after Wembley? But but you didn't set it up. You had the perfect opportunity to set it up. Your, your champion is in the arena. And he's fighting your best friends in, in, the, in the FTR. Right? You should have called him out. Like, like, I would have had him call out and say, MJF, get your ass down here. I'm the real champion tease the match and say, Hey, by the way, you know, good luck tonight. Like, and, and, and distract him in some way. Like, like, I, and if, even if you're not going to do that, like have CM Punk get involved in the tag title match some way, distract MJF. It would have made a lot more sense than the ending we got. You could have distracted him. And again, started to tease this feud and this match at Wembley. You need to do something like because like, what we're gonna have two champions, one on each brand. That's stupid. I I just you had your your actual champion there. Why did we not tease it? So someone fill me in on that, or am I thinking of it wrong? Like like someone fill me in on that. And then the last thing I want to talk about is is LA Knight, and I think I mentioned him a few episodes ago, but I want to talk about him again. Because Vince Russo has the opinion, and I am of the same opinion as him. 
This isn't a long-term reaction that's going to happen. He believes that this is like flash-in-the-pan reaction. It's not going to last long. My opinion has always been on LA Knight. He's going to have the Kofi Mania effect. The fans want him. They're going to get what they want, and then they're going to leave him alone. They're going to boo as soon as the run gets stale and boring. So the question that I have for everyone is the LA Knight reaction, do you think this will be long-term? I don't. I think we get maybe four or five, six months of decent reaction to LA Knight, and then the crowd's going to get bored of him. Um, I think it's just, in my words, he's just the flavor of the month. We see this from the fans all the time. He's just the flavor of the month. They choose someone who they feel is unjustly not pushed. They get behind them. They, they, they start reacting to them. They get them pushed. And then when they're done with them, they move on to someone else. And I think that's exactly what's happening with LA Knight. So I don't blame WWE if there's a fear backstage. And I don't know if there is or not. I haven't seen anything that says that there is. But if there's a fear backstage of... Well, we, we might push him, but the fans may turn on him. Like, I completely understand why you would have that fear. This sounds like a flavor of the month situation. And then I, I got in this argument with a friend and my brother over LA Knight. Because we started talking about LA Knight, and I posted Vince Russo's comments. I'm going to pull up this this quote that he that he had. Um, uh, let me find it. It's been a minute. Uh, Vince Russo's quote. I don't know if I shared the quote with them, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, well, here's where we were really, here's where it started. Um, I, I shared the what they announced last week for battle uh, for the battle royal for SummerSlam, and they asked like my brother asked like what's it for like what's the winner get and I told him I basically don't know it's just a way for LA Knight to win and they can say snap into a Slim Jim oh yeah that, that's what what it is to me um and here we go. So we went on this little rampage. I don't want to say rampage. But we had this discussion about uh, L.A. Knight. And when I said, you know, it's the purpose was so L.A. Knight can win and go snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. M my friend came in and said, but he should be winning... The world title. Like, oh, yeah, that instead of winning the world title like he should be. And I said, sorry, he's not. Like, this is my genuine opinion. Sorry. Try again. He's not world champion material. That's how I feel about him. He's not world championship material. And they were like, well, my brother was like, that's a lie. He was like, you know, he's so over. And here's my response. Kofi was over. Daniel Bryan was over. Rusev was over. That doesn't mean they should be world champion. 
And their response, and this is where it comes in. This is the question that comes in there. He's he's top five in merch sold for three months in a row, and third behind Roman and Seth on the active roster. So clearly he's over. Um, and then my brother said he's four of the top five shirts on the WWE shop right now. Um, I told him I felt this was just another Rusev Day situation. So, so you see where where this conversation was sort of head headed, right? And then it came into the uh, idea of my brother started searching on, uh, on. Google Trends, you, you can look this up, you know, how popular, how much searching they have. Um, and you could, and so over 90 days, over like the top, the last 90 days at the time of this search, he compared LA Knight searches to the bloodline. And LA Knight has more searches. Well, and here's my response to that. Well, of course they do, because no one's searching the bloodline. Right? No one's searching the bloodline. Search for Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns blows searches out of LA Knight, out of the water. Searches for LA Knight are much less for search than searches for LA Knight. Right? LA Knight would be much less than Roman Reigns, right? But then I said, well, what about Rhea Ripley? She's the biggest woman star. Still, LA Knight is below Rhea Ripley. Below Dominic Mysterio. Dominic gets more searches on Google than LA Knight, right? He he's not as over as the rest of them. The top of the car, he's not over than the Bloodline if you individually search for him. He's not over the Judgment Day if you individually search for him. Right, and so my point is this, and this is a question that I asked them. Does merch sales actually mean you're a star? And the full question that I wrote down here when I sort of planned this out, you know, I, I, I always give me like a little overview of what I'm going to talk about. Um, it's not 100% like planned. It's not 100% scripted. But I, I always do like an overview. Here's the questions we're going to discuss. And the question that I wrote down was, does merch sales actually mean you're a star or could it just mean you're just the flavor of the month? I get it. Three months in a row, that's that's fantastic. Do it for a year. Will his merch last at the top of the page for a year? Like, I, I, I just don't think that LA Knight is world championship material. And you can't tell me that you should only push the people who have merch sales. Because someone could get a hot... And have a, a big month of merch sale and then fall off two, three months later. And so I, I think we just need to calm down on the LA Night talk. I think we just need to, to calm it down a little bit and and because I don't think this lasts very long. Um so I want to know what you guys think. Does merch sales actually mean you are a star or just the flavor of the month? I want to know your answer to that. And then other than that, that's a, that's this episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. Again, find me on TikTok and Twitter 
um, at We2Deep413. Again, that's We2Deep413. W E T O O D E E P 413. The pinned uh, post on my Twitter is a QR code that'll take you to the Discord. Again, scan that in. Join the discourse on there. Um, come have a fun time. And until Saturday, I hope you guys have a great week. And I will see you on the next episode.